do a sound check. Is this working as well? Oh, hello. Good afternoon. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. The middle of the retreat. We've arrived at the middle of the retreat, and it's just about when, you know, the mind starts to settle. There's some calm. And then there's some... Um, what could be called a pure, the purity and purification cycle that comes up. You're sitting, sitting, happily, silently, and then whoo, something comes up, some memory, some, some emotion, some sadness. So it's not uncommon at all for that to be happening right about now. That came up a lot in the meetings today. Anyone experiencing that by any chance? Yeah, it's, so you're not alone. It's part of the process. It's part of this process. So keeping it simple, keeping it simple also. So I want to talk uh, a little about keeping it simple. It seems like we've been trying to offer... um, not just instructions, but also a lot of framework for you to kind of get a sense of what it is we're doing, what is this framework of this whole practice, and at times that can create more confusion and proliferation in the mind. Um, Like, is this content? Is this process? What am I doing? What is this? Um, So... I'll say a little more about those, just to straighten out those who want to have the framework straight, the framework, also know more about the framework. And also for those who really like to keep it simple, actually for most of you, just keeping it simple and doing the practice. And um, for example, with the four elements practice, keeping it really, really simple. And what does that mean, keeping it simple? So there is no need when you do the four elements practice to to try to identify every sensation that you have. What is first and foremost of importance in the four element practice is really the experiential, is the first person raw experience of the sensations in the body and just feeling them being in contact with them, just recognizing what is going on. Now, whether you recognize, oh, this is um, this is not exactly hardness, there's a little bit of softness, always oh, that's part of earth, no, that's part of this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter so much. Um, if, if the identification easily comes up for you, fine. You can let the soft label of what's happening arise. But really what's what's important first and foremost is the the first person experience. And one way you can do the practice, the four elements practice, is you can either do it popcorn style in your body. So as you're sitting, just paying attention to whatever raw sensation is most prominent in the body. The mind could go to the sensations of hardness and the uh, where your bottom touches the cushion or the heat in your hands. So it could be popcorn style that way. Or you could be doing it systematically. For example, you can take heat. 
you can take heat and start noticing it where it's most prominent in your hands and then look for it maybe in the armpits then look at the for you know look, look at it look look for heat everywhere in the body and all of a sudden you can your, your mind will become very tuned and sensitive to heat everywhere in the body that's one way to do it another way is to do it more systematically if you wanted to it's like almost like a body scan but again you you would choose one of the aspects one of the the sensations and then heat for example you would go through uh, starting with your head through the whole body you would just notice wherever there is heat and then the whole body you would notice heat heat so again there are ways to practice it but first and foremost it's really just the bare sensation um, feeling the bare sensations so the feeling the bare sensations can can really open up to to a lot of different things uh, today in one of the practice meetings somebody was asking so how does this open up how, how does it open up and it opens up in many different ways as many of you have answered that question for yourself practically sometimes it can open up as as the bridge to to seeing other things to seeing other things in the body for example as i was talking about the purity and purification cycle the four elements meditation can be a bridge to feeling and noticing emotions feeling emotions in the body and it can be a really nice bridge to that in a very practical way in a very practical way often what we do when when something strong comes up for us on retreat we play the story over and over and over again and we're caught in the story instead what would be skillful to do is to let go of the storyline i said this she said that i shouldn't have done this she shouldn't have done that you know all the things that we go over and over but instead feeling the emotion as raw sensations in the body so in this way in the way of feeling emotions what for example oh sad oh the sadness chest mm, tightness there's tightness there's heaviness oh there are the elements there you see you that becomes the bridge having developed this vocabulary having developed this facility with feeling the sensations of the four elements in the body it becomes a lot easier you become much more um, capable of feeling the emotions in the body as energy in motion which can really help with this process of with the cycle of purity purification and what i mean by that the purity purification is it's often referred to the purity cycle is you know you're going along the mind is pretty stable and balanced and and being with your breath and then something comes up a memory a thought something comes up that that has a lot of content a lot of emotion attached to it and that becomes the purification cycle it doesn't mean that it's wrong it's not bad these are things that are already there and sometimes the more subtle and the more quiet the mind gets the more we can get in touch with some things that we haven't been in touch with before 
some sadness, some sorrow, some anger that has been forgotten, has been forgotten for a while, and an emotional space, not so much in the thinking space. Of course, they come with thoughts, but again, it's more skillful to let go of the story and sit with the emotions in the body as the elements as the raw elements and see what what that opens up to what does it feel like allowing it to to move allowing it to be felt so this purity purification cycle purification concentration practice is often um, touted as a purification practice. What does that mean? So it means that just as I was saying, as you sit and as the mind gets calmer and more subtle, things come up and then, and then you sit with them and you process them. It's this purification effect of concentration or a calm mind is not something magical. It's not that just because your mind becomes calm, all the difficulties burn up magically, somehow they work themselves out. Wish it was that way. That would be so nice. Wouldn't it be that way? Just magically would work out. Not exactly. Things will come up that then you, the mind tends to have more stability. A calm and concentrated mind tends to have more stability to be with what comes up. Also, just to say, since I'm talking about the purification aspect of, of concentration, and even though this is not a purely concentration practice, we're not doing concentration, but we, are, we have been working on settling our minds so the mind would be more stable, to, to be able to see more clearly, to see things as they are. So one other thing just to share with you about concentration practice is the mind sometimes can get very calm, especially in absorption, which are the jhanas. And we've mentioned the word jhanas and one person wrote, could you explain what those are? So the jhanas are states of deep meditative absorption that arise in concentration practice. So for example, when one um, focuses on the object of the breath for a long, long time with, and the mind becomes really stable without moving at all for a very, very, very long time, that's stability. It can feel as if the attention, the awareness, it can stay on the object and merge with the object. There can be a sense of... Um, of absorption into the object, into the breath, a sense of expansion into what, my, what one is thinking about. And those states of absorption, which are very specific and, and, and technical, are called jhanas. And there are jhanic factors that Bhante was referring to earlier today. There are five jhanic factors that as the concentration gets developed, those jhanic factors arise and one will work on strengthening them, stabilizing them, balancing them. And when they're balanced and strengthened, 
then the mind can move towards jhanas. So it's quite a step-by-step um, systematic way of, of practicing. But I just wanted to offer that since, since uh, it was asked and not everybody was, has been clear about us talking about what jhanas are. But speaking of these deep states of meditative absorption, concentration, um, those have a sense of purity in that in those states, the hindrances do not arise. The five hindrances do not arise. There's a sense of purity to the mind, but it's impermanent. As soon as you come out of the jhana, as soon as you come out of that meditative absorption, all the hindrances, all the um, all the roots of greed and hatred and delusion in in this body mind process will come back. They're not they they're attending, they they go to sleep during meditative absorption, but they're not gone. They're not eradicated. Which is why again Bhante was mentioning in in his talk um, that concentration alone does not lead to freedom, does not lead to liberation. Concentration with meditative absorptions, momentarily while you're in them, oh, this is great, blissful, yeah, I'm liberated, no, no, this is great, I'm done. You come out of them again, oh, it comes, ah, I'm angry, I'm terrible, this is terrible, all of this stuff comes, comes back. What leads to freedom and liberation is vipassana, is, is the practice that comes after calming the mind. And again, referring back to this gradual path that we, we've been talking about, which again, somewhat is gradual in the sit, but in some ways it's actually, it's, it's what we, we keep doing, the gradual path again, being guarding the sense door from what is not wholesome. Guarding the sense door from what is not wholesome. Remember the story of the the young a teenager who let all the guests in the house, like letting everything in. The second part of the gradual path being um, clear comprehension, having more clarity about what is going on. The third step being calming the mind, samatha, concentration, calming the mind. And the fourth being vipassana, which is process meditation. So what leads to clear seeing to seeing things as they are, or absolute reality, or um, uh, to to see to 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 not just see conventional reality, but ultimate reality, is vipassana, which I'll talk about more. So, so what we have also been practicing here so far, just to clarify with the four elements. Um, actually, first we started with calming the mind, right? You remember the first couple of days we suggested that you relax, you chill out, you, you calm the mind, you you. You uh, bring attention to your breath, to your body. All of that is part of calming the mind, calming the body, calming the mind. And then, breaking the compactness, 
of the the physical experience through the four elements meditation, seeing the bare um, the bare elements, the the raw sensations, is the way of experiencing this body. It's basically in in some ways it's it's still um, meditation with content. So vipassana would be when we start, and many of you have actually done that already because it arises in your experience naturally. When you start to see the arising and passing away of these sensations, they keep changing, don't they? That is process meditation. When you start to see the process, not just the thing itself, but the process, right? So as an example... In terms of content and process, this is this is pieces of paper, content, right? Stuff written on it. But if I throw it up and down like that, and I can be throwing anything else up and down, it's the process of things being thrown up and down. That's process meditation. When you see things being thrown up and down, it's not the thing itself. It doesn't so much matter what it is, whether it's a piece of paper. I'm not going to do that with a glass of water. But you get this... You you. It's, it's the process meditation when you see what is happening, regardless, not so much what the thing is in and of itself, but what is happening to it. So applying that to the four elements meditation, the what of it is heat, oh, it's sensed in this way, right? Noticing the arising and passing away, noticing that it's not permanent, noticing that it keeps changing, it keeps vibrating, and that becomes vipassana, noticing change. That is vipassana, that is process meditation. Technically speaking, vipassana, the practice of vipassana is referred to seeing the three characteristics of existence in any phenomena. So when you see the three characteristics, anicca, impermanence, dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, and anatta, not-self, when you see any of these characteristics, any of these marks of existence, any of these processes in anything, you're doing vipassana meditation. So how is that done? So very simply, as you are practicing with the elements, for example, You can feel the sensations. So you can turn your mind to feel the sensations, the sensations of heat, the sensations of pressure, etc. And then as you turn your mind to see the changing nature of those sensations, that becomes vipassana. Is that clear? Yeah? If it's not, I'll, I'll leave some time later for questions at the end. So, so the um, to say a little more about the four elements meditation, which is not just out of Visuddhimagga. So I mentioned that the um, so so the four elements are mentioned in the suttas also. So they're uh, the four elements themselves are from the suttas. Just to be clear, 
the 12 characteristics that I mentioned, which is like a fine-grained way of, ex of experiencing um, the four elements, that is um, in the Abhidhamma, um, in the, the higher teachings in the Abhidhamma. And Visuddhimagga, which I mentioned primarily, Visuddhimagga actually is an elaboration, really takes Abhidhamma, which is really shorthand, and Visuddhimagga goes at great length explaining how to practice with them. So I refer to Visuddhimagga, but not really the source, which is the Abhidhamma, so just for, for clarity um, and accuracy there. And also, um, so you want to say, um, before moving on, I, I want to talk today about breaking the compactness of of um, uh, mentality, nama. So we've talked about rupa, breaking the compactness of rupa, which is the body. And today I do want to talk about breaking the compactness of nama, because both I promised you that I would, and also I received notes, okay, we're going to talk about that, really, how do we do that? So, so I will talk about that. But before I do that, as I keep you on the edge of your seat, <laughs> I want to say one more thing of clarity. And that is, um, again, regarding the four elements, um, meditation. Many of you are already familiar with it, and for some of you it's been new. And just to say that the primary way that um, I presented it for our purposes here was as a phenomenological experience, first-person experience of the, um, of the sensations. There are other ways that this, the four elements practice, is taught and practiced. So, and Bhante referred to them in his talk, but I just want to, to really bring it out and put it out there for, for, for clarity. So, other ways, so the, the way that we've been working with it is really as an internal experience, as an internal, uh, again, I like this word because it's hard for me to say, phenomenological, which is the, just the first person experience of what does it feel like? What does it feel like? What's the feeling in the body? So it's an internal experience as an experience. It can also be practiced, the four elements, um, conceptually as inside-outside. So what's in the body, what's outside the body. And that is not exactly in the framework of sensations. It's in a different framework. But just so that you know what that is, is in a way of thinking, um, it's, it's, it's in a way um, contemplating um, that this body is not so different from what is outside. So traditionally, the body is made up of the elements of earth, like the body is hard, it's like earth. Um, outside, like this is like earth element too, it's hard. In modern physics, maybe, maybe we can think of it for those who, uh, who are of most scientific minds or, um, uh, or scientific inclinations or have some, some like, oh, it's not, this is not earth, your body is in earth. Thinking of it as solidity, there's solidity, solids, solids, liquids, there's liquid outside, there's a lot of liquid in my body, there's blood, there's saliva, right? 
there is, and then the wind element as the gases, right? There's a lot of gas in this body and there's a lot of air and gas outside. It's, this is nature. And again, coming back to, to the, the, the earth element or solids, there's also carbon. There's a lot of uh, carbon chains in this body. There are a lot of carbon chains outside. So, so in that way, there's another way to really practice with the four elements. And in the traditional sense, if you're just thinking about them, simplifying them as the four elements, um, oh, and, and the last one, of course, uh, that I need to bring in is is fire um, and the energy. There's a lot of energy outside, right? E equals mc square. You know, yeah, energy and mass are the same. So there's, there's energy inside, there's energy outside this body, and food becomes energy in this body. And there's, there's um, sun energy, there's warmth outside. So basically, it's another way of practicing of this body being nature. This body is nature. It's not so different from what is outside. This often happens in this way of practicing with the four elements. You can be outside, and and I've had people reporting sitting next to a creek and doing the four elements meditation and finally hitting them. Wow, water, water, earth. It's like this body is is nature. I take it so much to be me and personal and, and take, you know, um, uh, take pride in it. And, and I mean, it's good to take care of it, but we take it so personally. Whereas it, it is nature. It is it, it, just like in any other animal. So that's another way of practicing with the four elements that I wanted to bring in. So, so back to, um, to the gradual path, what we are doing here, calming the mind. And then we've been working with the four elements to break the compactness of this, the physical sensory experience. Now, the way Park Sayada, Venerable Park Sayada, would talk about this stage of practice is we are collecting requisites. We're collecting, we're starting to, we're collecting um, parts of experience, we're seeing things in more detail that later we're going to see them as a process. So this part of the practice that you've been doing with the four elements is breaking the compactness, breaking the compactness of the solidity of um, um, of concepts into uh, into their constituents and the next stage is where you would see them arise and pass away. So the same thing, so we've done that now with, with what's called materiality, with rupa, with the experience of body. The next thing we do is with the mind because there's compactness of experience in the mind. Things are experienced as one thing. Actually, there are lots of different constituents to this experience. And then after that's broken down, then also the vipassana. In vipassana, you can see the, the impersonal nature. You can see the arising and passing away of each of these constituents of, of the mental experience. Okay, are you with me? Yeah, okay. So again, all of these teachings are from the Abhidhamma and... and expanded to great detail and depth in the Visuddhimagga.
so let's see Okay, well, I had uh, part of a sutta which seems to have disappeared from my notes. Thank you, cut and paste. <laughs> oh, well, it's okay. Anyway, it's it's part of the Hannibal Sutta Majjhima Nikaya 1816, which um, Bhante Ujagara yesterday read, and it was a really good entry point, actually, to talk about breaking the compactness of, of the mental space because that the sutta started to talk about that. But without that, okay, well, I, maybe I'll post it. Um, I'll, just, I'll just talk about it. So, so basically, what, what happens um, in the mental, um, w- with our experience of the world, is things happen really quickly. Um, there is this compactness in our experience. <coughs> The mental realm. So, um, for example, maybe we're sitting on the cushion and we're practicing, and all of a sudden, we can't stand it anymore. We want, we want to get up. I've had enough. Well, you know, why is why isn't the bell ringing? Enough, enough, enough. It's like, whoa, what happened? What happened in the middle, right? There's a compactness of experience. Has anybody experienced that? Yeah. Just all of a sudden, just goes from happy, this is good. It's like, ah, I can't stand it. Like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Right? Okay. So it's that compactness of experience um, that, that a lot happens and we can break that down. We can break that down. So, it could be that in this case, so, so what happens is you can, you have, um, or, or actually let me give another example, which actually also, besides, besides the one I mentioned, it's also happened to me on retreat. I remember once walking and all of a sudden um, I wanted to go drink water. I was really thirsty. It was like, wait, wait, what, what happened? There was just a... I missed, I missed some steps. Like what, what, what happened? And that happens so much to us. All of a sudden, you know, we're upset. All of a sudden, we're cranky. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're missing all the compactness of experience of what, what things are happening. So basically, with a mind that is a little um, s- subtle, a, mi- a subtle mind, we can slow down and see step by step by step and also see the various constituents of experience. So, so what can happen is, say, um, you know, we're walking about and um, actually this is also where nama, which is the mental factors, the, which is the mind, comes in contact with rupa, which is the body. So, so in, in this explanation, in the teaching, in... in um, Abhidhamma. So, for example, the um, I element, which so it's the the I basically, which is the physicality, uh, comes across and sees something, right? And then the I consciousness arises. So you see. So maybe I see a water fountain somewhere, and I'm not quite conscious of it yet at all. 
that seeing, that moment of, of seeing, that moment is a moment of contact, is the first moment of contact. Contact, pasa. So contact is a moment where the consciousness makes contact with an object, and it can be any object. It can be object of the mind. So if this was the mind door, remember we have six doors in Buddhism. We have the five usual ones, smelling, tasting, hearing, listening, seeing, I miss anything, our feeling, and then there's the mind door. So if a thought, so if a thought arises, a thought is a mind object, right? A thought is a mind object, so an object, and then mind consciousness arises and ah makes contact with it contact okay it's, it's easier to actually make to, to see this with with seeing or with with sensations so with sensations a sensation arises heat arises tightness arises hardness arises and when the body door there's contact there's that moment that contact happens so after contact happens, what happens naturally after that, which is separate from it, um, is what we referred to before we talked about briefly, is Vedana, is the feeling tone. Then feeling tone arises from that contact, from that contact, what's called Vedana, feeling tone. And I don't like the translation as feeling tone because it feels like feeling, but actually it's very simple. It's pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. So basically, after there is any contact with anything, mind when the mind makes any contact, then pleasant, unpleasant, neutral arises in association with that object, with that mind. And a lot of time, this goes unnoticed. I mean, our mind is automatically doing that all the time. As I'm looking around, my mind is kind of labeling a uh, nice shirt. I don't like that color. I like that hairstyle. It's just, you know, it's ple- pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. It's the unpleasant, unpleasant, neutral. It's just arising all the time, kind of on the subconscious level, okay? So pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. That's the Vedana. And also what arises, what arises then also in, in Buddhist psychology is called sanya. Sanya is the recognition or perception, is when actually when the mind recognizes, oh, this is that, this is that. And, and what's in, uh, so it's a recognition of glass of water, zaputan. It's just recognizing. This is what is meant by perception. The mind recognizes what things are. So, so in this, um, a lot of times the the vedana, the 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 um, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, the feeling tone, can go quite undetected. Can go undetected, and and it can lead to. Uh, the next steps it can it can lead to a well, actually another constituent that I want to talk about. So there are lots of constituents, but there are a few I want to talk about from the mental experience. Uh, chetana, volition. So a volition can come up that oh um, this is unpleasant. I don't like it. I want it to stop. I'm going to move. 
right? And they're all separate and all very different. So with the example of sitting on the cushion, maybe at first there was a little bit of a pain that came up, and that's contact with that sensation, right? Contact. And then, ah, unpleasant. Unpleasantness comes up, the Vedana. And then there can be maybe the recognition of pain, maybe not. And then leading to volition, I don't want this, make it stop. But it, it can happen so quickly that we miss all of those parts of experience and we're just with make it stop, I can't stand sitting in this hall a moment longer, I'm gone. But it started from maybe a little tingling in your back that was unpleasant, that, or maybe a thought that was unpleasant, or a thought that was pleasant, that I want to go out. But breaking the compactness of this whole experience, seeing it for what it is, or with me walking around, noticing, oh, I actually saw the water fountain, and I didn't realize, and then it led to this, and it led to that, and all of a sudden I was thirsty, and I really had to go. So, so it came from the contact. It came from seeing something first. And in your experience, you can see Feelings, emotions, thoughts, volitions are often, they often come from a contact with something. They come with contact with something. Either something you see in your environment and you're not even noticing you're seeing it, or it's coming from this contact in, in the mind somehow. But usually it's contact, usually it's the, f- the five senses. Something comes up, you have contact, and then this, this whole chain happens, and you're not even noticing what's happening. So breaking the compactness of the mental experience can happen both in time when you slow it down and you see these steps. And also, as I explained, there are these different constituents of experience. There are these, what are called the mental factors. Many of you might have heard the term mental factors or chaitasikas, again, in the Abhidhamma term. And there are many, many chaitasikas. And in this retreat, we're not going to explore all of them. There are just a few we're going to explore. Okay. I invite you, if you want, to explore contact. The moment the moment, the moment when an object makes contact with any of the senses. I invite you to specially explore Vedana. That's a powerful one. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Actually, pleasant, unpleasant, neither, unple- neither pleasant nor unpleasant in Pali, but it's so long we usually say neutral. That's a particularly powerful one because that comes up naturally. It's like the mind, just as I was mentioning, the mind kind of going about and everything, it makes contact things. It labels things, pleasant, unpleasant, eh, neutral. So usually there are a lot of neutrals. There are a lot of neutrals, so we tune out and we don't even notice. The pleasant, unpleasant can be very subtle at first, but then it can grow. Then it can grow. So that's why this is particularly an important teaching, the Vedana teaching, because you can see where it's already kind of weak, you can see it before it be- becomes in that the Vedana becomes so strong to to into becomes into aversion or greed. Oh, I really want it. This is so pleasant. I want it. I want it really bad or 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 hatred. I don't want it. Make it stop. Make it go away. So that is where it's taught 
that you can break the chain of dependent origination most most easily. It's right between uh, right right between um, the Vedana and the Tanha. Tanha is 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 that grasping, is that is that wanting, is that ah oh, wanted wanted, which is actually similar to don't want. It's just that urge. When something is very pleasant or very unpleasant, it often leads to don't want it, really want it. So really bringing attention to that pleasant, unpleasant is where the wisdom can grow without following our evolutionary um, grooves into pleasant, want it, unpleasant, don't want it. That's what usually happens. But actually by bringing attention and becoming very clear about, oh, pleasant, it's just pleasant. It's just unpleasant. It's just neutral. That can be a place of freedom. And the mind can hold pleasant, unpleasant, neutral at times with no preference. It's just unpleasant. Mind can have equanimity around it, can hold unpleasantness with with complete equanimity. I've shared with some of you that, that I have a lot of body pains with a chronic illness and I've had a lot of privilege to work with unpleasant. And working with it, it becomes, it's just unpleasant. Don't need to run away from it, can't run away from it. It's just unpleasant. And it's okay, it's just unpleasant. Sometimes there is no difference in the mind between holding pleasant and unpleasant and neutral. Interesting, right? But the mind is capable of that. I mean, we again, evolutionarily, we go into our grooves of, yes, unpleasant, don't like it, make it stop, pleasant, want it, more, more, more. But it doesn't have to be that way. Bringing wisdom, bringing... Seeing the subtlety as Bhante Ujjaga was talking about, you can see the subtlety and break this compactness of experience and that can br- bring in freedom, can bring in liberation instead of just going on autopilot. Those are the little places that freedom come in. So your, the invitation to you is to explore contact, the moment of contact, pasa, and Pali, feeling tone, Vedana, especially feeling tone. If you don't explore anything else, explore Vedana. Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Very simple. Very simple. Also an invitation, if you like, to explore Sanya. That can be interesting too. The moment of perception. The moment, there's a moment when it's kind of like something gets loaded up into into our mind, into this cash, and then it gets recognized. And sometimes the mind can see when that recognition, sanya, happens. And then volition, chaitana. Notice the moment, the first moment there is volition for doing something, for movement. It's often easiest to explore chaitana for movement, like right about where you want to get up, like, oh, there's that moment. And then don't. It's really fun. Don't. Like, okay, I want to get out. And then you can see like, oh, there is that, there is that frustrated chetana there. 
it becomes much clearer to see it. And then you can see, wow, there's Chaitanya, there's this volition everywhere, every moment, just deciding. Even Sometimes you're not aware of it. You know, you go on autopilot, you go into your room, you open the door, you turn on the faucet, and it's like, whoa, 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 look at all those volitions going about. Just there's a lot of, it takes volition to move all of the muscles, to walk. Try it in walking meditation. Try Intend to take a step, but don't. And notice the chetana there. Fun stuff. And you can break the compactness of your experience as you're going about and the body's just doing its own thing. Like, no. These are the elements of experience. So... So I want to go back to what I was saying at the very beginning of tonight's um, talk about the purity and the purification cycle. What I wanted to bring in is that it is quite common as you go through your retreat and as the mind gets quiet and you're sitting with with the elements, as you you see the various um, um, Chaitasikas, the the uh, the um, mental factors, etc., and the mind is quiet. It's quite common for for emotions, memories, etc., to come up. Feel free to switch to metta. As we started the first day or two of the retreat, saying that metta is not so much a separate practice. We try to bring in gentleness and kindness to yourself as a part of marrying the two practices, the practices that we do, that you, you're doing here, imbuing it with a sense of metta and gentleness and care and kindness for yourself. And as Bhante Ujagara today beautifully led us through both forgiveness and metta, it's part of this practice, that gentleness, that kindness. It's, it's the awareness, it's the attention that is imbued with that kindness for yourselves the, and everyone. is that friendliness, that element of friendliness that we are developing. It's, it's not this, this unfriendly, terrible reality that we are trying to investigate. It's, it's, it's a friendly universe. I want to read something from Einstein. But before I do that, I do want to invite you at any point when there is a need, when there is a tendency in the heart that, oh, there is, it, it's good to hold what something that's coming up with metta, both for yourself and for others. Feel free to, to, to do practice of metta. And most of you know what that practice is. And if you don't, feel free to, to, to talk to us and ask us. So I want to read a quote about the friendly universe because I think investigating reality to me, reality, um, the, the, the fabric of the, the universe, the fabric of this reality is a benevolent, compassionate one. When one really, really gets to see it, when, when one can have a glimpse into shunyata, emptiness, sunyata, into impermanence, into anatta, not self, and into inherent unsatisfactoriness, and just that inherent emptiness, what arises is really love and compassion. 
That's what there really is in this universe, and that's what we will see. Einstein says, the most important question you can ever ask is if the world is a friendly place. For if we decide that the universe is an unfriendly place, then we will use our technology, our scientific discoveries, and our natural resources to achieve safety and power by creating bigger walls to keep out the unfriendliness and bigger weapons to destroy all that which is unfriendly. And I believe that we are getting to a place where technology is powerful enough that we may either completely isolate or destroy ourselves as well in this process. If we decide that the universe is neither friendly nor unfriendly, and that God is essentially playing dice with the universe, then we are simply victims to the random toss of the dice, and our lives have no real purpose or meaning. But, if we decide that the universe is a friendly place, then we will use our technology, our scientific discoveries, and our natural resources to create tools and models for understanding the universe. Because power and safety will come through understanding its workings and its motives. The friendly universe. I think I'll just leave it at that. So I'd like to open up to questions for the remaining time that we have. And there are a lot of questions that I have and I don't know which ones to answer. So feel if, even if you've left one that hasn't been answered yet, feel free to, to ask them again. And before I um, answer questions, I wanted to make also an announcement that um, tomorrow we will have a sign-up group practice meetings. So there will be sign-up. So the same way that for the three days we've had uh, we've had groups, but your name has been up. We'll actually have open sign-up sheets, and there will be uh, each each of us, Bonte and I, will have two groups the same way we've had them. And feel free to sign up either for the nine thirty group or the eleven fifteen group. If you have questions, if you want to check in, come and let's discuss. So the uh, signs should be posted while we were in the hall. So as we leave, you're welcome to sign up. So with that, I would like to open it up to questions. Yeah, please. Could you speak to the value and role of cognition in this insight process? For example, today when I was meditating, the, the breath was very subtle, and I noticed that I didn't like that because it makes it harder to notice. But I let go of that, and I was just investigated it. And I noticed the breath changed many times in just a few minutes. And that was really wonderful. And I had that realization that I can't control the breath. I can only uh, look at how I respond to it. That wasn't a new insight, but I saw it differently. But then the next thing that happened was I realized, wow, that's true in my relationships at home. And I knew that before, too, sort of. But it was, it was noticed a little bit more deeply. Now, if I were at home, I would have journaled for a while and probably talked with my wife. But here, I just noted it for later reflection. But it seems like a lot of times, those insights from direct experience 
then can easily translate into insights into your life. Exactly. Yeah. So what you said is beautiful, and I wanted. To, there's nothing for me to say. I, I think it's a comment more than a question. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Did everyone hear that? Yeah. Some some people didn't. Let me just try to paraphrase. I can paraphrase it as beautifully as you said, but um, the gist of it is <clears throat> that you notice that your breath was getting subtle, and. Um, you didn't like that, but decided to let go of that and just just be with with the changes. And then you notice the changes. You notice the changes, and actually, it was quite interesting and pleasant to see how it was changing and how you were noticing, how you're really noticing without trying to control the breath. And then you realize that actually, uh, which is not a new realization, but that is true both in your practice and also in your relationships at home, and. Um, and often these subtle observations about about our body, about our mind, they, they they relate to the bigger picture of our life back home. Yeah, beautiful. Isn't that interesting how that happens? Yeah. I saw another hand. Yeah, please. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so the question is about uh clarifying as I talked about the four elements meditation. Um First, as a content meditation, actually feeling the heat, for example, feeling the the heat, and then moving to process meditation, moving to vipassana, and seeing the the three marks of existence in the heat. Um, And the anicca is easier to see because it's arising and passing away. And can I speak about the other two, seeing the the, um, not-self nature of heat? And seeing um, the unsatisfactoriness, the the the, the dukkha unsatisfactoriness. So, <clears throat> just to say that um, sometimes one aspect is easier to see for for uh, for you than others, and each person has their own door doorway um, for seeing one of the three characteristics, and they're all linked. They're all connected. When you see one, you're actually seeing all three. Um, so with the heat, um, by seeing, the, the easiest one to see is anicca. It's, it's impermanence. It's changing all the time. It's just changing. It's to see that change. And that, seeing that, can lead to, wow, it's changing all the time. Something that is so changing cannot be inherently satisfactory. It's just like, can't rely on the heat of my hands to always be there. It just keeps changing, right? It's inherently unsatisfactory, which is the dukkha coming in. And then anatta, um, it's not self. I have no control over this thing. It's just heat. It's just heat. Heat inside the body, heat outside the body. It's just, it's so impersonal. It's, it's not self. It's not me, mine. It just, it's just heat. Does that help? So does this, maybe I'm taking it too far, but does yeah. um, the observation include 
I didn't quite hear or understand the question. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yes. Yes. Great. Very clear. Actually, this is a perfect question for the for the talk today. So, so the first part that we talked about and I talked about is really seeing the the three characteristics of of the say the heat in the pain of the knee. And then you said actually it's not just that. It's it also comes with a whole bunch of feelings. I don't like the pain in the knee. And how can I see the three characteristics and the feelings associated with that? Right. Okay. Right. Are we okay? Good. So. Great, this is where Nama and Rupa are, are working together. So the first part was seeing the Rupa, seeing the, 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 the body, seeing the, it's just heat, it's just heat, seeing the three characteristics of, of the body element. Now, as you, you break the compactness of the experience, oh, look at that, it's, it's Vedana, it's feeling tone, it's, not, it's unpleasant. And then, oh, look at that, I don't like it, it's the volition, I want it to go away, oh, look at that. And after you look at each of these alone, and then you can see their impermanence and they can see them coming and going away. And it's just, it's just unpleasant arising and passing away in the mind. It's just not liking. It's just wanting. It, you see, it, it's the, then it's the mental fact. You can see the three characteristics of the mental factors. That, that's tomorrow or this afternoon. If you want. Yeah. Mm, hands, hands everywhere. Let's start here and go back. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. Um, is there a way, I'm thinking about sort of in, in life, less so on, on the retreat because your things are slowed down anyway, but, but let's say you know, you're about to take a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there a way to work backwards? Yes. Is there a way to work backwards, basically, is the question. Absolutely. In the moment, you can work backwards. Yeah, because mindfulness may not always be there to see it, but but it's enough there to see. Like, wait, 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 what happened just a second ago? Like in my, a few mind moments ago. Like, what, 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 what happened there? Like, oh yeah, look at that. And then even on the cushion, where with the example of, oh, I can't sit here and like, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, what happened before that? Oh, I noticed that. Oh, I noticed that. So yes, absolutely, you can go backwards. Yeah, in this practice, it is skillful to do that. Not, not again. Not in the way of analyzing your childhood, but just like the in these moments, like what just happened? Can can you just feel what just happened in the body and the mind, and that is accessible. And it can can be wise to do that. Play around with it. See how it works. Yeah. And then there was a hand there. Yeah. Can you explain the difference between sanya and contact? Mm. 
can I explain the difference between sanya and contact? So sanya perception, contact pasa. So so contact is where the 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 eye consciousness, for example, sees. It's just making contact. It's just seeing, and then the the um, so that's pasa. That's that's the contact, and then sanya is recognition. It's kind of cognitively after that. Oh, this is a cup. Uh, it becomes the difference is clear as if you if you were walking, if you were taking a walk, and you saw some black and white thing on the road, right? It's like the, the eyes like, huh, black and white thing on the road, and it's like, huh, it's a snake. Oh no, it's a rope. That's sanya. That's the perception. Okay, like no, it's a snake. There was a snake earlier out there, by the way. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, absolutely not. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no. It's sorry. It's relative. Yeah, it's it's actually it's what the mind labels and the the labeling of the mind can change. That's what's actually thanks for bringing that up. So, the, what's really cool about doing um this practice with vedana especially with feeling tone pleasant unpleasant neutral, you can see the impermanence of that. Some you can see the changing nature of it. That it's it's um you can see something that seems pleasant one moment, the next moment can feel unpleasant. Then it can be pleasant. Then it can be neutral. Um, the, the, when this became really clear to me was was a few years ago. I'll give you an example of that story. Um, it was the beginning of my practice, and and I had had a history with 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 these clocks that make a lot of noise. And and um, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, you know went and visited a friend or a relative and stayed in their uh, spare room, and you know they have this clock that just uh, tick tick the whole night and it just like gets louder and louder and they're like oh my god it's so loud so anyone yeah so yeah so so i've had i've had a history of that i remember at some point i was sitting and and there was this this clock and 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 it's after i had this teaching about about vedana and i was noticing that tick tock like Gosh, unpleasant, 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 unpleasant. Then I'll, and I decided, okay, let's just listen to it. Let's just listen to it. I was listening to it. Then all of a sudden, it flipped. It became really pleasant. It became like the most pleasant music symphony. Like every tick, every talk was like, oh my goodness, pleasant, pleasant. This is great. Keep going. And then it became neutral. Like, whoa, what am I on? Nothing, just meditation. But it's so interesting. Vedana, and since then, I've really, Vedana can change. Vedana is. It's just what the mind labels, and the same thing you can notice when you're sitting. At first, it's pleasant, it's soft, and then it becomes unpleasant, and then it's torturous. You know, it's Vedana is comp- It's or or if I hit the bell right now, for some of you it would be pleasant, for some of you it would be unpleasant, for some of you it can flip back and forth the sound. It's the same stimulus, but the mind can label it variably, and the mind can even change. Um, in in the suttas, there's a beautiful 
Similarly, that that Vedana is like the winds, like the winds that blow in this in this uh, sphere of the mind. They just blow one way or the other, and the next. And then you can see the anatta, the impersonality. They're so impersonal; it just feels so random. TikTok, pleasant. TikTok, unpleasant. TikTok, neutral. Anatta, not self. Yeah. Couple of questions, yes. So what analogy I was thinking about, which was similar to yours on the cushion, was the being on a like a cross country plane trip and three hours into it thinking, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's 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 multiple things. So so the question is regarding if I can paraphrase it quickly, is um, about um, when we break the compactness of a habit, then we see that we don't have a control. So it's it's not just breaking the compactness of a habit; it's breaking the compactness of experience. It may not be a habit; it might just be something that happens and happens once. It may not necessarily be a habit. Just breaking the compactness actually allows you to see what is going on to see the um um it's not so much i wouldn't say lack of control but it's uncontrollability which is a little different it's the anatta it has a slightly different nuance to it um so that you see that the because of causes and conditions one thing led to another led to another led to another but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have control because when you are mindful when you see what's happening ah that's what's happening okay well i don't want to go that way right intentionality can come in but it's it's anatta it's impersonal as it as it arises so you see the difference okay right yeah two more Thank you for that. Let me repeat for. Yeah, exactly. See, it's Vedana. It's so so. Uh, 
what 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 he's saying is that when he came to IMS at first, the creaking floors were like the fly in the ointment. But now, it actually, y- you experience them as musical, the same way John Cage would. And if somebody would fix them, you would miss the musicality, the, the pleasant Vedana that is arising from the creaking. So, so now that you've said that, I wonder for how many of you that's going to change the Vedana. Notice it. Seriously, notice it's going to be really interesting. And then when you go to the outside world, notice the things that you that your mind is kind of averse to, is, is, ple- is, uh, is labeling as unpleasant. Does it have to be? Is it still a question like, oh, what's going on here? Um, you can, sometimes actually the mind can't even play with, it's not a suppression, I don't want to go there, but the mind sometimes, the subtle mind, when the mind is really quiet, can actually play with Vedana. It can be very interesting. Last question. Yeah, 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 you. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Right, right. So, so I'm not quite clear what the comment or the question. Or, or, so, or, Yeah, I'm I'm not quite connecting with who Sorry? Oh the jhanas. I was talking about the jhanas. Thank you for my No, I was talking about jhanas. Yeah, the jhanas, exactly. No, jhanas don't it, I was specifically talking about the jhanas, which are deep meditative absorptions. That's very different from sitting with something and processing it. That's very different. We're not talking about the same thing. Yeah. No, we're talking about meditative absorptions. Meditative absorptions, blissful states, everything is lovely, it's wonderful, everything's at bay, but they don't resolve issues. Everything is at bay while is in while somebody is in a meditative absorption. That's what I was talking about. Not about not about sitting and processing and sitting with the emotions and holding. That that's very different. That's what you're talking about. And absolutely honor that, stay with it, be with the metta, that helps. Yeah. But jhanas, very different. That's the purification aspect of jhanas, which is very different. Yeah, I mean, they're they're purifying in a different way, in exactly in the way you're talking about, not in the way of just being with them. They magically don't make things happen. You have to work at it. It doesn't come for free. You blend it together. We're good. We're good. Okay, great. We're good. Okay, great. So it is dinner time. So thank you all for your practice and being here and your attention.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.